Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone, I can't believe it's December. Can you believe it? The whole year feels like it has passed in a flurry. So today I would like to talk to you a little bit more about PCOS. So this episode is going to be linked to the latest blog post that I posted back in October um, about PCOS, what the main drivers of PCOS are, and the natural lifestyle solutions. Furthermore, I also want to talk about where Nourishmel is headed in 2020. I have a lot of things that I want to talk about that I'm planning for, and a lot of um, collaborations that I'm heading towards, and this would mean better services for you and better chances for you um, to work with me. So let's get started. If you are driving right now, or if you are more of a reader, you can head over to my blog at nourishmail.com slash blog. Look at the latest post, and it is titled PCOS Main Drivers and Natural Lifestyle Solutions. So as you would have already known, I have PCOS, and I, you know, it's based on my personal experience. I've been wanting to empower women to kind of take back control of their health and to reverse their PCOS symptoms, just like I have, um, over the next one to two years. Obviously, it doesn't take like three to six months. It takes longer than that. And I've realized that I've actually not really talked about specifically what PCOS is. I've always talked about, you know, skin detox, gut health, insulin resistance, um, the importance of certain hormones like progesterone and estrogen. So basically, I just want to introduce you to PCOS and what it is. So polycystic ovarian syndrome. So this is actually really complex. It's a multifactorial disorder. It's common and it is the leading cause of anovulatory fertility in reproductive women. So this basically means that uh, women with PCOS there is a higher chance of us not ovulating every month. Uh, this means that an egg is not released from the ovary every month. And so even if you have your period, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, your egg got released. So, so you can just be bleeding, but there's no egg that's been released. There's no ovulation. And so if you are obviously wanting to get pregnant, this does not sell well for you. And the metabolic component indicated in PCOS is actually associated with insulin resistance, which can increase the risk of developing type 2 diabetes by four times in our future. So up to 70% of women actually have insulin resistance when it comes to PCOS, because PCOS is ultimately an inflammation as an underlying condition. Um, the body's inflamed due to, you know, um, prop, improper diet or high stress or a sudden disrupt of the hormones that actually lead to this inflammation cascade. So there are many causes of PCOS and as I said before, there are many root causes. 
Um, there's also a possibility of genetic and environmental factors which can influence the fetal ovary till the onset of puberty. PCOS is characterized by irregular periods and excess levels of androgens. So this is really important. I want you to understand this. Irregular periods would mean that you don't have a period that comes every month. Um, your period is less than 19 days or more than 35 days. Um, you know, you have like excessively long periods and then excessively short periods. Some cycles can be up to 40 to 52 days long. And the excess levels of androgens would mean that you have symptoms of acne, of excess facial hair, excess facial hair growth, coarse hair. So these are um, excess levels of testosterone, which is the male hormone. And that's why you kind of have all these like male characteristic symptoms, which a lot of PCOS women have trouble with and also have a lot of emotional difficulties with. And actually most medical doctors, they have been trained according to the Rotterdam criteria, which is a set of criteria that doctors basically look out for. And if you satisfy two out of three, you are diagnosed with PCOS. So the first two I've already talked about, which is irregular periods and excess levels of androgens. Another um, characteristic, which is actually not really true to look out for is um, the presence of polycystic ovaries on the ultrasound. So this just means um, that they do an ultrasound scan on you and then they, found, they find a multitude of um, little cysts on your ovaries. And actually this is not um, a good diagnosis of PCOS and it's mistakenly diagnosed to be because these cysts are actually just follicles that have not been ruptured due to absence of ovulation. So a really good doctor, Dr. Bryden, actually claims that young women who are undergoing puberty may have symptoms of PCOS because, you know, they're young, they, they're, they have eggs that have not been released because they haven't gone through menstruation. So obviously they would have, um, you know, follicles on their ovaries that kind of look like polycystic ovaries too. So what are the main drivers? So basically when you have PCOS, there can be kind of four certain types of PCOS that you can have. The first one is the most common, which is insulin resistance. So insulin is a hormone, it's a fat storing hormone. It's released from the pancreas to actually help us store glucose and energy when we ingest food. So when our cells actually require higher than normal levels of insulin to react to you know, an incoming uh, stimuli of glucose because you ate a carb-heavy meal or you ate a lot of food. We call this insulin resistance because, um, you know, you have a lot of glucose coming in, but your cells are not making enough insulin to actually store this glucose into glycogen, into your muscles. So then this will result in a state of you being insulin resistant and high, high levels of insulin in the bloodstream is actually prevalent in 70% of PCOS women, and it can contribute to low pregnancy rates in women with PCOS. Um, as I said before, the elevated insulin levels, they actually kind of increase the levels of cortisol, which is stress hormone in the body. It actually leads to increase of increased levels of testosterone, which is the excess level of androgens. And when you have excess levels of testosterone, they can ultimately convert to, to a higher level of estrogen, which can contribute to the symptom of estrogen dominance in PCOS. 
So it's actually really complicated, but all the hormones basically affect one another. And when you have insulin resistance, it can actually affect your adrenals and your thyroid. It can also affect your levels of testosterone and your estrogen further down the line. So women with insulin resistance may actually be using metformin as a complement to lifestyle modifications to improve their fertility chances. And metformin is actually a medicine that diabetic people take in order to control their insulin and kind of maintain the insulin sensitivity. Just a caution here, metformin actually has a little bit of a side effect on your, um, your digestive system. System. So you actually might have bloating, you might have gas. Um, this is one thing to take note of. The second type of PCOS is inflammatory. So inflammatory symptoms such as skin problems, chronic allergies, headaches, gut issues, joint pain, psoriasis. These are all symptoms or a sign that your body is inflamed. And when we have an imbalance in our gut microbiome or someone actually having an autoimmune can actually also cause inflammation in the body. So why is this not surprising that actually women with PCOS, we, um, there's also a higher risk and percentage of women developing Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune um, condition involving the thyroid. So this can actually worsen insulin resistance and increase levels of androgens. The third type of PCOS is actually um, post-pill syndrome, which is basically when you go off the pill and you kind of, um, you know, you kind of go into this relapse of having crazy symptoms, crazy acne, or your periods coming back with a vengeance, heavy cramps. I know when I first got off the pill, I was actually pretty, pretty. Um, sad and depressed because I was struggling with like heavy cramps and it would get so bad that I couldn't move out of bed and I never used to have this symptom until after I got off the pill. So actually the pill only acts as a band-aid and symptoms that are masked can actually bounce back or new symptoms can emerge once a woman goes off the birth control. Just be aware that it takes up to six months for symptoms to subside and hormones to come into balance. So a woman actually needs to be prepared for the symptoms when going off the pill. The pill actually depletes all of the following vitamins and minerals, including B6, which is really vital for the production of serotonin, which is a, hormone, uh, which is a neurotransmitter that makes you happy amongst other things, including your bowel movements. Um, it's also crucial for production of noradrenaline and adrenaline, which is the hormones, which is the neurotransmitters that are produced when you're in a fight and flight mode. So this is crucial because we're all highly stressed nowadays. And if your adrenals get depleted and you can't produce the amount of cortisol and adrenaline, you know, your body's all, you're always feeling fatigued and tired and low on energy. So this is um, a symptom of, B, uh, of a deficiency in B6. There's others like a deficiency in B2, B12, vitamin C, vitamin E, zinc, iron, vitamin D, selenium, magnesium, and folate. So on my blog, there are specific details on how these vitamins and minerals actually help our body. You can go take a look. But I just wanted to point out that B6 and B12, they're one of the most important ones. And the B vitamins, they are so important for the methylation process in our body, which is 
um, implicated in the detoxification in our liver. So it's one of the pathways where estrogen is broken down into a safer metabolite. And if we do not have enough B6 or B12, this actually impairs the pathway. And estrogen might be, you know, either recycled into the bloodstream or it can be actually shunted into another pathway that can increase the risk of breast cancer. The pill can affect insulin resistance, insulin sensitivity as well, so blood sugar balance. Um, this can really affect the amount of weight that you lose or cannot lose. Um, it affects the gene expression of the liver and it also directly affects the liver cells. Women on the pill also have elevated levels of sex hormone binding globulin, which is SHBG. And this globulin is actually a protein that binds to testosterone and keeps it bound. So when we have elevated levels of this, it can lead to um, the alterations of liver genes and it removes testosterone from the body, so much so that the libido disappears. So when you have high levels of SHBG, more and more testosterone is bounded and only free testosterone floating in the bloodstream can actually act on various pathways and various cells. So when they're all bound, you have a lack of testosterone acting on your body. So, and this uh, you know, might affect your stamina, your energy, your libido, your sex drive, and all these things. And lastly, the pill can also reduce muscle synthesis, which is the amount of muscle that you can grow. So I've actually talked about how to reset the body after taking the birth control. Um, go to my website, nourishmouth.com slash blog on the blog. There is an article there that talks about how to reset after taking the birth control pill. The last type of PCOS is actually adrenal PCOS, and this is to do with your adrenals, which are in charge of making cortisol, which is the hormone that is used to deal with stress. So cortisol actually helps us to run in a dangerous situation, and it's important for our survival. Cortisol is also made in the local sites, such as our liver and our ovaries, besides the adrenals. So in the modern day, we're, all, we're obviously constantly being stressed right now by exercise, poor diet, working, you know, emotions, failing relationships, traffic, environmental pollution, and poor spiritual health. High levels of cortisol from high sugar diets can have an impact on increasing the amount of androgens. And this is where I actually explained it before. So the sugar can increase and increase the can cause an increase in cortisol levels, excuse me. And the high cortisol levels actually increases um, testosterone because it impacts the sex hormone binding globulin. So sex hormone binding globulin decreases, there's more free testosterone right now to float around in the body. And this affects PCOS women because the elevated levels of testosterone can cause acne and hair growth in many areas. And this is why we do not want that. And this is why, you know, balancing our blood sugar is important because it not only affects your ability to gain weight, it not only affects your um, chance of increasing adiposity in your abdominal areas, it means getting belly fat, but it also results in more of these male hormone symptoms like acne, worsens your facial hair growth, um, and all that. So 
High stress can also cause blood sugar to rise in the bloodstream because the blood is the body is preparing to fight and flee. It causes sugar storing glycogen to be released into the bloodstream. So this means that high sugar and high cortisol levels can also spike at the same time, and it puts additional pressure on our adrenals. Our adrenals are in charge of making cortisol. So when you have high stress and high sugar, they kind of act. You know, they have an impact on each other. The high sugar impacts the high cortisol. The high sh- stress can also cause blood sugar to rise. So it's kind of a two-way connection. And over time, your adrenals are gonna be—they're um, gonna be weak, and they're not gonna be able to push out enough cortisol to deal with your daily chronic stress levels every day. Stress can also have a huge impact on our ability to ovulate and conceive because cortisol is being prioritized over the production of progesterone. And as we all know, progesterone is our life hormone. It is the hormone that ensures that pregnancy goes to term. And when we have you know, high levels of stress, Progesterone and cortisol, cortisol is actually made from the precursor of progesterone, which is called pre, uh, pregnenolone. So when your cortisol is being prioritized, when your body's like, okay, I cannot reproduce right now, I need to run, you know, I need to hide from something, um, your body's going to not produce progesterone. And that's why women who are highly stressed, some of them, they might not be able to ovulate and they might not even have a period. And another, and then again, I've talked about this in another blog post, um, the fight between cortisol and our sex hormones is the title, so go check it out. Okay, and so we go on right now to the natural means of managing PCOS. So the first thing to do is obviously to uh, target your nutrition to address the insulin resistance, to fix your gut health, improve inflammation, and more in order to get balanced hormones. So the best way to reduce inflammation is to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, I've talked about this in another blog post and then actually to limit processed foods and artificial sugars. So my clients actually go through this stage of cleansing by introducing wholesome foods with no ingredient labels. So all these wholesome fruit and vegetables, all organic. Um, to kind of increase your diet to make it full of antioxidants and polyphenols that really help to detox estrogen from your body. A great way is to eat a Mediterranean diet because their diet is filled with protein, unsaturated fats, and lower levels of carbohydrates, which can help your adrenals reset and have your body, you know, be in the parasympathetic relaxing mode. Include fiber from vegetables, and you can also include herbal teas like burdock, dandelion root, and ginger to help with increasing bowel movements in the body. Bowel movements are incredibly important to me when it comes to looking at a patient because the gut is where everything is processed and all the waste that we need to remove from the body gets expelled out. So if we, if you have poor gut health, you know, everything that needs to get expelled out, they might actually recirculate and go back into your bloodstream, causing inflammation and all the kinds of, um, you know, bloating and gas and other digestive symptoms. Supplementing uh, magnesium and zinc can also help with digestive support, mood, sleep, energy production, and insulin sensitivity. And so lastly, also focusing on detox capabilities, right? I've talked about detox all the time. I've talked about home detox, um, changing your home environment. 
Now I want to talk about liver detox, which is to have cruciferous vegetables, green tea, turmeric, grapefruit, berries, and beets. These uh, foods, they actually help to kind of, again, break down estrogen into the safer pathway, and they can really help the liver to cope with the load of toxin that we put in our bodies every single day. And in Chinese medicine, the liver is linked to our anger emotion. So when we think about clearing out our emotional blocks, when we think about, um, you know, doing Reiki or doing acupuncture, kind of getting rid of all these emotions that are stuck in there, we can really help the liver to function better. Next up is actually to manage your stress. And I know you might not want to hear this, but... We are all stressed. You are all stressed, even though you might deny it. And this is hugely crucial to healing from PCOS. PCOS, you know, the worsening, it worsens because of high blood sugar and also because of high stress. So creating a self-care toolkit, which which, um, you know, involves like self-care practices, meditation, essential oils and everything will actually really help you to reduce pressure on the adrenals and place your body in a more safe mode. My clients actually choose to take adaptogens like ashwagandha, rhodiola, and to not over-exercise and ensure they get adequate sleep. These are all basic foundations of a healthy lifestyle and they are incredibly vital. Um, you know, most people, they, they want to take a pill, right? You want to take a pill to get better sleep. You want to take this to, to get... Um, better skin. But ultimately, if you really think about the foundations of not over-exercising, choosing sleep when you need it, giving your body rest when you need it, meditating, be centering, come from a love, come from a place of love instead of fear, this would all contribute to better management of your stress. Lastly, I would like to talk about detox again. Um, so detox you know, it helps to really lose weight and helps to remove toxins from your body. This involves putting plants in your house, which increases oxygen into your home, increases life energy. It can create the feeling of happiness in your home environment and actually revamping all your beauty and skincare products into more natural organic sources. And I'm really excited here because I love my natural skincare products and i'm gonna take a little sidebar here to actually talk about several brands that you might want to check out i'm going to list them right now and they are Anne marie chiani skincare they are amazing for natural makeup um, and also all their herbal cleansers and their toners my favorite is actually the mineral foundation because um, it's just so light and you can combine it with a facial herbal oil to make it a liquid foundation. The other brands that I really love are Folane Skincare, Pie Skincare, and um, let me think here. What about um, essential oils? So Essential Oil Labs, um, if you use the code NOURISHMAL25, you get 25% off every single order and it never expires. Essential oils are great because, you know, lavender oil, um, especially it can help you to calm down if you kind of just diffuse it through your home, kind of clear out the air, um, infuse some other soothing scents like citrus oils that are great for energizing. And um, there are also scents like frankincense. 
and more. And um, let me think here. So other skincare I would uh, really recommend are like the detox market. So basically falling skincare and detox market, they are uh, sites where they have a lot of different brands on there. And so you can really take your pick. I love them. And these are also great gifts, you know, for you to have during the holidays to give to your family and friends. So the last thing I want to say here is that, you know, PCOS women, we like to focus on weight management and weight loss. And actually, this is just a beneficial side effect. It shouldn't be the overall goal of living with PCOS. When you live with PCOS, when you change your lifestyle, you will ultimately have weight loss as a side effect. The main goal is to reverse your symptoms, to be happier, to live stronger and fitter, to know your body, to know when you need to relax, when you need to take care of your stress, to have good quality sleep, to have amazing sex. Like these are the better foundations of having a lifestyle with PCOS rather than just focusing on weight loss. Because when we focus on the weight loss, a lot of us just think, oh, we need to overexercise, we need to eat less carbs. And that doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. I don't eat less carbs, I eat moderate carb, and sometimes I have really high carb days. I just make sure I pair, you know, my diet with a lot of nuts and seeds, a lot of um, adaptogens, some vitamins, um, a lot of vegetable and fruit, fresh fruit, and that actually helps me thrive better. And I focus on exercising according to my menstrual cycle. So the first part of the menstrual cycle, I will go hard when my estrogen's high and I feel like, okay, I can do some strength training. I can do some hardcore rock climbing. And, you know, towards the end of my cycle, before my period, I get pretty tired, you know, from the dropping estrogen and rising progesterone. I just want to relax. So I do more yoga. I do more meditation. I do climbing as well, but I don't climb as hard. I do a lower level of climbing, a different type of climbing. And you can really kind of adjust your exercise routine in the varying levels. You don't have to always go for spin. You don't have to run crazily just trying to work it off. And that's not going to help because that will put additional stress and you know, it's just going to put you under so much pressure at the same time. And so the basis of the syndrome starts with hormonal balance, and it goes along with detox and managing stress. And if you want to actually live, you know, a pretty, a better life, um, knowing how to make better lifestyle choices when you have PCOS, uh, feel free to actually fill out an application on my blog, um, sorry, on my site, it's at nourishmail.com apply. I will also put this link into the show notes. It is an application that um, it's just a kind of a summary of what you are going through and why you need help right now. It's not obligatory. If I feel like you're not, you know, if you're not a good fit for me, you will not receive a reply. But if you are interested and if you are really wanting to work on your PCOS symptoms and you let me know, we could be a good fit and I can you know, schedule a strategy call with you to work through it. 